Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. And what a great message today. You have the power. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about on today's show on The Literate Patient. Welcome wherever you are in the world today as we talk about your health and being empowered in your health. And that includes certainly the fact that diet and exercise are becoming a critical health issue. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to talk a little bit about the uh, website American Cancer Society. You know, several weeks ago, I had the American Cancer Society on, and I had some higher-ups in that organization. And it's shocking to me to know that in a very short time, in the very near future, obesity is expected to bypass smoking as the number one health risk for cancer. Of course, it's not just cancer that is risk for poor diet and exercise. But I want to read you something actually from the American Cancer Society website. Diet and physical activity, what's the cancer connection? How much do daily habits like diet and exercise affect your risk for cancer? Much more than you might think. And they cite a number that each year 585,720 Americans die of cancer and around a third of those deaths are linked to poor diet, physical inactivity and carrying too much weight. That's 200,000 people every single year. And part of that, part of the focus is, um, you know, of course, quitting smoking is very, very important. Don't forget that. I'm not saying forget that and lose weight. Uh, But it's important to get to and stay at a healthy weight, be physically active on, and this is key, a regular basis. And that regular basis has to take into account your health right now and your health conditions and make healthy food choices with a focus on plant-based foods. You know, 
it sounds so easy to do, but sometimes we need guidance. And sometimes when we need that guidance, we need more help. And, you know, a lot of us are very, very self-conscious. And we wouldn't think of going to a gym. And, and so it becomes an excuse to not do anything. And we really, really have to move past that. So um, I'd like to introduce, first of all, my wonderful co-host, Dr. Melissa Stewart, who is the author of Practical Patient Literacy, The Medigogi Model. Hi, Joni. How are Thank you today? You. I'm doing awesome today. I'm doing great today and, uh, you know, so glad to discuss this topic and so glad to have you with us today, too, as always. I'm very excited. Thank you. I'm very excited about our our, um, guest today. I think that, um, you know, I'm always talking about how we're going through healthcare reform and all the changes that are occurring and people are hearing everything on the news and it gets kind of scary sometimes, but... I think it's wonderful that our guest has uh, helped people be able to take care of their disease or their uh, their health at large by um, by influencing their movement. And I just think that that is so awesome because we're really you know healthcare is moving towards prevention, and I think he capitalized on a strategic. Uh, part of our health plan that everybody just kind of assumes but um, overlooks it getting into the details of it and he got into the details of it so hats off and I'm excited about what he has to share with us today. Absolutely. And, you know, it's easy for uh, people to say, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. But sometimes it's not as black and white as that. Sometimes there's uh, some gray areas. And again, um, I have a lot of people that contact me, even being a licensed Zumba instructor that want a personal trainer. And they have health conditions that, you know, I'm not qualified to help them in. And so, you know, but I'm sure they're finding somebody out there that will do it for like 25 bucks or 50 bucks but it scares me and and when I see that I, I get really concerned so I'm honored to have exercisemd.ca as as a sponsor and certainly uh, to be involved with them because exercise is important and, and I want to make this point before we go forward too it's not just physical it's also mental and it's also emotional. And those three are really, really closely tied to physical activity. Um, Dr. Henry Speck is the director of the Stress Vaccine, co-author of the ADHD Fix. I'll give the website for that later. And a registered physiologist in the province of Ontario and licensed psychologist in the state of Michigan. He received his Ph.D. from Michigan State University and his B.A., B.E.D. and M.E.D. from the University of Western Ontario, where he played football for four years and won two national championships. I left that in there because I love that. (laughs) <laughs> the doctor's a real guy. <laughs> there you go, a real guy's guy. The yeah. Doctor Speck Institute of um, Psychological Services has offices in London, Windsor, Chatham, and Sarnia. The institute is available to help adults, children, and couples of all ages. And uh, you can actually find out more at www.drsv. 
ec.com. Dr. Speck has spent the past 20 years helping children and adults with ADHD. I got that backwards. I got a little dyslexia there. (laughs) Achieve success by developing tools and strategies to overcome associated obstacles. And of course, I'm excited and we want to talk about about this a lot today about Exercise MD, which is now available in the United States. Welcome, Dr. Speck. Thanks, John. Just, just to correct, I'm a psychologist, not physiologist. I don't want those phys ed types to get mad at me. Right uh oh. Okay. Well, I, I kind of read that wrong too. That's <laughs> it's okay. A lot of people understand. But, okay. Well, uh, let's talk about exercise MD and what made you, going through your career, realize that this was a real need. Well, what was happening? Uh, I'm a psychologist, so about 20 years ago, I was, um, you know, you know, you feel stress at work, and you're, you're doing a lot of, uh, seeing a lot of people, and, and you really, you know, you don't share anything, obviously, because it's confidential. And I was realizing that, you know, I was getting home and uh, not really having a lot of uh, mental energy left. So I started to exercise just to see if I could, you know, burn some of that off before I got home. And I've always hated to exercise. I mean, it just, it's just—it's—it's like the worst thing for me. So, because you know, when you play sports, of course, you—you you do it for that. But when that's over, you kind of—I had gained about forty pounds, and I wasn't real happy and wasn't exercising regularly. I would start something and stop, and all of that. And then about that time, research came out to suggest you know, exercise was almost as good as meds for some kinds of depression. So I started having my clients exercise. Meanwhile, I was exercising, and then fast forward to about five years ago, I put treadmills in all my offices because I thought, well, if I'm telling everybody to do this, I should, you know, model it. So we put it in all our offices, and then about that time, the cancer research came out. They talked about how exercise was a good way to not only prevent but fight cancer. And so we just, I just got intrigued. I've always been interested in learning new things, and just kept looking at the research and started to incorporate it. So the first problem was, as you suggested, you know, how do you start something that takes that research stuff that's out there that's pretty good that talks about how exercise can not, you know, even fight certain tumors, and then how do you take that into a day-to-day sort of way so that people can use it? And I'll tell you, in my clinic, we see a lot of pain patients, and, and so it's really hard if you've not exercised and then you get a diagnosis and then someone comes along and says, well, you know, you should be exercising. Well, it's easy to say, but it's a little hard to do. So that's kind of where the initial challenge came. And I'm going to relate a story to you. Um, I haven't really mentioned this to you, but um, my sister, several years ago, we went on a cruise together, and she was having difficulty walking, which had to do some with vascular problems. But the other thing that I was telling her is, you know, you go to the office, you sit at the office for eight, nine, ten hours a day in a chair in front of a computer, and then you come home and you collapse and you never get any physical activity so even though you know she's not terribly overweight i'm like you really need to walk especially if we're going to go traveling you got to have that capability to get out and walk and uh i'll be honest with you we were we were actually funny story we were in jerusalem and some areas of jerusalem are not great and we were with a small tour group and her legs both of them went numb 
and we almost got left in the middle of this really bad area where we've been told not to bring our pocketbooks and our teeth, you know, which was a really scary situation. And thankfully I was able to kind of move her along. Uh, But it was a little bit of a panic situation. And she came back and she started working on the treadmill. She worked with a vascular doctor, of course, and she, she misses it now if she doesn't do it every day. So the thing is you've got to start it. You've got to make a goal. Uh, and, you know, is this pretty much what you see with a lot of your patients? Yeah, it, it, I mean, I've been at it 20 years. I'll just use my personal example first, and I still don't like it. I mean, I, I the only thing that gets me through it is I know I'm going to get chocolate milk and peanut butter toast when I'm done. Because <laughs> I, I just still hate it. I do it five days a week, and I, and I think that's, you know, I, I tell my clients, you know, the people you see on TV who push health clubs and so on, they're kind of like the freaks. No, no disrespect, Joni, because I know you're into fitness. <laughs> But, most but I like them, Zimba because you can dance. Yeah, but I I love to dance, but in different ways. So, uh, you know, I just, we, we just, I'm the kind of person, a lot of people too, we, we would probably get together and exercise to go chase down some food 200 years ago. But once we caught the food, we'd probably sit around and eat it all day in the next week and then go exercise again. So maybe that's why we're programmed that way. But for most people, you know, that's not something they're going to do unless they have an empathetic person. So like what we started to do with chronic pain patients, we started looking at, you know, if you can do five minutes today, we get excited. It's not about, you know, getting ready for the gym. It's not about, or the beach or bulking up or anything. It's about, you know, and you have to hit certain cardio levels eventually based on your condition to get those great results. So you know, it's important that myself and my staff, we, we have to be empathetic to the situation and understand that uh, most people aren't exercising for a very good reason. They don't want to. Well, and I totally relate with you because I am not a person who loves to exercise either. First off, I've got so much that I'm doing throughout the day that um, I, it takes away from my schedule. So it's really a challenge to try to fit that time in. But I will say I think it's very important to bring in that endorphin flow that you get um, after you've completed your exercise because I think that's what helps with the whole uh, being depressed and the mood swings and stuff like that. So to me, that's what's worth it, the other side, how I feel after I've completed it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's a great point. And what we're finding out, too, is that different uh, heart rates, uh, uh, the thing that we do use is everybody uses a heart rate monitor. In every, every exercise program, you get an email or a text message tells you what to hit, what targets based on your assessment. And if you're doing it for, say, as you said, stress or we call it brain health, we're finding different protocols make different, a difference based on why. For example, I do what's called the yo-yo. So I go from, you know, once I get warmed up, and I've been doing it for a while, so I'll do a minute as hard as I can, and then I'll have to get my heart rate down to as low as I can, and then I get it high and low, and I do this for the last 10 or 15 minutes. And you get this really, I do at least because of the ADD and stuff, you get an incredible brain blood rush that lasts for me for about two or three hours. And that's when I do my best work if I'm not in the office. So so you can do very specific protocols. And, and for cancer, it's a whole different uh, set that you would do depending on where you're at in your treatment. I, I have to say one of the things that motivated us with cancer is when I sat and listened and heard people say to me that most people with cancer die of heart disease, not cancer. That's what kind of threw me off. And I'm going to actually relate to you an interesting study that uh, I just heard a a talk on last year, uh, Dr. Lee Jones at Duke 
Duke Cancer Institute, and I may have mentioned this to you before, um, it was very, very telling, and you're exactly right. That's what happens with a lot of breast cancer survivors that live long-term is they actually develop cardiovascular disease. And what they were showing, though, is during treatment, what's interesting is it took them all this time to, to do tests about what what you know, would happen if you were to exercise while you were doing treatment. And what was interesting was they showed um, no exercise, no treatment of five-year prognosis. And, of course, that was pretty low. And then they showed uh, with chemo only and with exercise only. And believe it or not, those two lines were very close. Now, think about that. But, of course, the best was to do the treat. The best survival was to do the treatment and to have the exercise. And certainly uh, long term survival was greatly impacted. Now, he's a world expert and we've read a lot and, and, you know, looked at a lot of his work. He's one of the best in the world. And and I think some of his work is what sort of motivated a lot of people to start looking at this sort of prescriptive program for cancer. And I think. You know, I, I talk to physicians, and, and I know a, a lot of them, and, and you know, a lot of them are overweight. A lot of them are men who don't get it when it comes to breast cancer, and they tell people to rest, like don't do anything. Uh, just just sit, you'll get better. And that's probably, I think, having read some of Dr. Jones' research, probably the worst thing you can tell somebody. And, of course, that varies. We were talking earlier. It varies by disease. You know, mm-hmm. if you have something going on in your back, you know, like my sister has now got a cyst, you know, and uh, that uh, is com- basically it's a bulging disc. Uh, you know, you may have to do something a little bit different or take it easy for a little while. And a lot of people get out of the routine. Maybe they were in the routine and they get out of it and then it's hard to get back in. So, well, so yeah. I was just going to say with that chronic pain, that's a great point that we, what we do with chronic pain is we have, you would get three different exercise programs based on how bad your pain is today. So if your pain is, you know, unbelievably low at a say zero to four, you might do this workout. If it's five to seven, you do this workout. If it's eight to ten, this is what you need to do. So that every day, regardless of your pain, as long as it, you know, it's chronic and it doesn't mean harm and you you know, you know where it's coming from, that kind of a, a you know, direction from your coach can really help you stay active even when you have the worst day you can imagine because with chronic pain as you know you want to maintain some form of activation absolutely and and, you know i I know we're talking about chronic pain a lot of times with aging you'll have chronic pain as well as you were mentioning the brain health aspect of it um you know dementia also goes along with uh aging you'll see a lot of um slowness of the ability to cerebral process um, information. So could you share a little bit more about the brain health, um, positive features of the exercise? Well, there's been, yeah, thanks for that. There's been some great research done on uh, blood flow to the brain. And I can tell you one personal example and then some of the research. So in my clinic, we see different, uh, folks and I work with a man who's had a real severe brain injury. And he also works with our kinesiologist on exercise MD in clinic. So he was uh, just coincidentally, he was scheduled to do a uh, exercise just before he saw me, and it was the first time that it happened after seeing him for months. And he came in, and he's had real severe, um, you know, uh, side effects from his brain injury, memory loss, and hard time focusing, and so on. Well, when he came in to sit with me, I didn't know he had had uh, exercise on the treadmill. So he comes in and sits with me, and he's focused, and we're talking, and he's sharing things, and he's 
And I looked at this guy and I said, okay, stop. Like, what have you been doing? Is this a new mat or something? And we couldn't figure out what happened. And then we started looking at it. And sure enough, we did it again. Just we, we intentionally started scheduling with kinesiology and exercise before he saw me. And it continues. And now it's been a year and he exercises five, six days a week and it's caused great things. So that's just a personal example. But then when you look at the research, there was a great study just published in October at Michigan State University. I'm not picking it because of my school, but, you know, that's a great study. <laughs> anyway, um, and they looked at uh, children with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and they did a, a number of tests and then they had them exercise for five to ten minutes. I believe it might have been seven or eight then had them come back, and uh, the improvement was, was statistically significant on concentration, focus, and achievement. So that really motivated us to use that in our clinics as well. And we actually have prescription programs where some of these children will get 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon of cardio, and that has helped them improve scholastically. Uh, you know, they've been able to re- reduce some of their medication under the doctor's advice. So they've, you know, it really has a significant impact. And then, of course, when you move to the aging population, there's more and more research on the benefits of exercise and, and those of us who are getting up there. And I want to say something on that, too, Dr. Zweck. If you, if you see an older person who is exercising on a regular basis and compare it to one that does not, the mobility is amazing between the two. It yeah. really, really is. You can look and, and see the difference. And I think, I think it's important, too, to focus on, you know, what does that exercise mean? And that's where Exercise ND comes in. We're talking about specific target heart rates based on an assessment. So I, I call it the difference between walking the dog, which is also helpful for the dog and for the person, but also hitting certain target rates to help you with the reason why you're exercising. And that's in a safe way that's consistent with, uh, with how your physical and mental health is, but also what your goals are. So... You know, that's where it gets to be a lot of fun because it's not just the same for everybody because it wouldn't, it wouldn't have the same outcome for everybody and there has to be precautions and so on. But when you find the protocol that fits the disease or what you're trying to work on, it's amazing what, what a tool it can be. So can you tell us a little bit, you talk about the whole assessment. So, you know, I'm in Louisiana, you're across the nation from me, so how would you go about doing an assessment on me and figuring out exactly what I need for my workout? That's a great question. So what we did when we started Exercise MD, we looked at the problem with, in North America, taking that great research and putting it into the day-to-day lives of people. And fortunately, technology moved forward. So here's what we do with Exercise MD. A person requests um, a, uh, an appointment online. They just, they just click a button and request it. That then is routed to our... Um, client care coordinator who contacts the person via phone, email, Skype, and sets up an appointment on Skype with our kinesiologist. You would have to have your resting heart rate, and you would have to make yourself available for probably about 35 to 40 minutes to do an interview on Skype with a kinesiologist. And in Canada, kinesiologists, they're licensed and registered in the, in the area of exercise physiology. So that kinesiologist will do an interview with you. I have uh, two that work closely with me now, and I'll talk about the staff in a minute, and they'll they'll ask you questions about your health history, your exercise, and so on. See if there's any precautions. Do they need to contact your physician, and so on. So when that that time period's over, another appointment is established for you to come back and find out your prescription. 
So then perhaps, with, usually it's within six days, you would come back again. There'd be an appointment established on Skype. At that time, the software is loaded. We wrote a very specific software for this. And the kinesiologist would then, your coach, would then give you your you know, prescription based on your goals, your physical health, and so on. After you finish that, what will happen is every day you'll get a text or email that will tell you, you know, today you'll be doing this exercise for 30 minutes and hit this target. Now, the beauty of it is when you registered, you can ask your coach to monitor you, hopefully, because the coaching we find out is a big aspect of it, the support you get. You can also ask that the, your doctor monitor if you're under the health care for, uh, for reasons of a specific uh, treatment or condition or your, your doctor is keen on watching you work out and you get that support. And what will happen is every day the, the coach has a list of people that they're watching and helping. And depending on how you're doing, twice a month, for whatever reason, you'll have contact with that coach via Skype or phone or most people like email, and he will give you feedback, you know, like, I haven't seen you log in the last two days, or is the software working, or, you know, little little sort of healthy prompts, and also will adjust your program based on your success. And in our initial beta test that started about a year ago, the people indicated the main reason 90% plus stuck with the program was because of the relationship with their coach. The software was great, all the goals, everything, but it was the ability to have someone, you know, work with them, understand, is empathetic to, you know, I went encourage. from five minutes. Of, pardon me, yeah. sorry? Encourage. Somebody that's uh, encouraging you. Yeah, and sometimes, like, I, I'm, I'm monitored, too. I don't want to let my coach down because I know he's watching. Right. Now, I also right. pay him. He's my staff, but I still don't want to, <laughs> you know, I still can't not work out. And, and so then what happens is you get this relationship, and, and it's it's with my, I was going to tell you, my relative is undergoing um, breast cancer. It has that coach relationship. And any time they want in the software, they can send a note to the coach internally, and the coach will get it. They will know when the coach has read it, and the coach will send them a comment back or whatever. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So it's that ongoing what we call changing exercise behavior or lack of exercise. And this can, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll use it forever because I'll never love to do it. And the beauty, too, is you can do it from your home or you can do it um, with uh, some equipment you have at home. And all you really need is access to the Internet, and uh, we use these $50 heart rate monitors. They're probably cheaper where you are. And that's all you need. <laughs> That's Why are you amazing. laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at cheaper where I am. <laughs> well, no, I, in Canada we have these different price systems. I think. 
Well, now, I should say, okay. I, I was just going to say, one of the things that you have mm-hmm. to, we, the only real issue we found is when you work with us, we want you to exercise. So we don't want people to sign up as perhaps some would suggest a health club would and not show up or not do it. We, we will know within a day or two if you're doing anything. And so that way we continue to help. You know, we look at the other barriers. How can we help you? What's going on? And, and with cancer treatment specifically, clients will tell us as they're going through treatment some of their symptoms, you know, dizzy, nausea, burning, whatever they're doing, and what precautions do they need to take, how do they need to be careful. And I think it's the, the coach's personality and the technology and the training so that they understand, you know, what they have to do when they do their task with you. And that's a great point because, you know, things can change on a daily basis depending on, you know, what you're going through. Now, um, we want to take a short break, but before we do that, I have a quick question for you. What about pain? You know, because that is a big thing with um, cancer patients, and a lot of times they're on a lot of pain medications. Pain, we, we do a lot of chronic pain work, and that's where, you know, it's important for people to understand that, the pain may not mean harm, and that's that's why communication with the doctor is important. If the pain is at a certain level and, and the client has stretching or other things that they can do that will um, help them and not exacerbate the pain, that's what we have to work with, and that's what we do. And that's why the constant communication is important. I think often with, you know, we're we're programmed as humans to, you know, if I break my arm, the pain tells me don't move your arm, dummy, rest so that it heals. But with certain forms of chronic pain, the more, the less I do, the more it hurts. If I do too much, it hurts. So you have to understand chronic pain from the perspective of what it means for that client or person and then work with them to help them stay active. I, I just had, I had a surgically repaired Achilles tendon 15 years ago. True story, and about two weeks ago, it was bothering me, so my family member told me I should do this yoga move, this upside-down dog thing or something. And I tore up my Achilles <laughs> So I'm walking around, and, and, and for the first time in probably four years, I can't do my five cardio workouts a week. So I, I found an old stationary bike, and I was able to do it. But I still had about a six, seven-level pain, but it wasn't causing me any more harm. So the key is to get, you know, I talked to my coach, and I said, can I still do this? And I talked to that. So you have to get your team involved. And, and, and I think it, as long as the pain, uh, pain does not mean harm, I think that there's some real benefit to activation. As a matter of fact, last year I had uh, severe sciatica, and as long as I, I, I really, really was missing my Zumba, and so I would go in and do my, and my, my, um, my chiropractor would say, okay, Joni, uh, as long as you're teaching yourself, as long as you, thank goodness I'm an instructor, uh, you know, it's okay, because he knew I would tone it down, but it got to the place where it didn't hurt while I was doing it. But it was I, I could begin to tell that it was really having an impact, and I knew that I had to back off for a little bit, you know. And so, knowing your body and understanding your body, and helping someone to lead you through it, and, and someone to kind of bounce it off of, you know. Well, it doesn't hurt what I'm doing it, but you know, in the chiropractor, you only have like five minutes with them. Uh, so, but to have somebody to talk to that says that you could say, well, it doesn't hurt while I'm doing it, but later on, I kind of pay for it, you know, and kind of give you guidance that way is ama- would be amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that support that's so important. Someone you trust. I mean, that's what our clients tell us. And I, and again, you know, over 90% that start stick with us after six months, which was our initial, you know, beta time. And that was crazy because, 
most people stop health clubs, like 90%, I think, stop after three months. So we're pretty excited. And we're working with folks mainly with chronic pain in our practice. And, and I'll tell you another thing, too, and, and we really got to go to break after this. Um, you know, just like with my sister, she said, well, I'm doing I'm walking on the treadmill now, but I don't see that I'm losing a lot of weight. And so this discourages people, you know. So I, I, I said, well, sister, when you walking on the treadmill, I said, do you see the calorie burned? You do, do you see what your calorie burned are? See, because I know in Zumba, it's 800 to 1,000 calories in an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty maybe, good. Maybe after break, we can talk about weight loss because I've got some answers. Oh, great. Excellent. And yeah. um, But anyway, so I said, well, you realize you're only burning – I said, what does it show? She says 125. I said, well, you're only burning 125 calories. But – you know, the great thing about it is it's still great for your health. And, you know, what she really needed to do and what I was trying to get to was increase it. And my point is, one thing I love about this is the daily connection. Because I think if you only talk once a week or twice a week or every other week, you know, I, I think you're going to lose that motivation. Yeah, we find that electronic connection now, it's a different word. and I don't really know what it means, but people... You really feel like you're being monitored. Like when I click complete on my email saying I did my workout today, I know I'm telling my trainer that or my coach. So my coach knows every time I do my workout, it's like I'm talking to him, but I'm not talking to him until I want to talk to him. But he sees that I'm doing it, and he'll send me a note, you know, oh, I saw you work out today or whatever. So so there is that, that, you know, it's really free and it's flexible. You know, you can use it whenever you want instead of, instead of um, you know, having to take time out because it is a time issue, right? A lot of us, so if you can get 30 minutes and get it all in an extra 30 seconds to connect with your, with your coach other than having a Skype or phone call, it really fits into the active lifestyle that we, we all live, I guess. And I, and I think the key to that is the fact, too, not to put too much pressure on yourself. To work as a team, you're working kind of, it's kind of a team situation as opposed to being, oh, my gosh, you've got to work out today. I, I've got to get this in, you know. Uh, so I love the flexibility of it. So let's take a quick break and uh, listen to the commercial. And we'll come back with Dr. Henry Sweck and Dr. Melissa Stewart. Exercise your way to health, your way, with experts online who will design an effective wellness program based on physical condition and level of activity for less than the cost of an hour with a personal trainer. Use the discount code SOS1 for a 10% discount. ExerciseMD.ca. That's ExerciseMD.ca. Start getting healthier today. So, Dr. Speck, that was the first time you've had an opportunity to listen to that. Yeah, that's I hope pretty you good. like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love like it. it. It's .com works, too, but that's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we're excited to be a part of, of your amazing program. And uh, as I said, you know, we just need, I think, in a lot of cases, a reason to get up and get moving. And I think once you find out what the benefits are and, you know, how it helps your self-esteem, I think self-esteem is a big part of it. And you made mention of this earlier, and I want to bring it up again. Um, 
You know, it is so important. They've done studies and patients that were on antidepressant medicines and compared it to regular physical activity. And I know that the studies that they did at uh, the university we talked about earlier uh, showed that it was actually just as effective. And a lot of people are on antidepressants, of course, who truly don't need them. But, um, you know, it was just effective to do exercise. Yeah, there is, as, as mentioned, I mean, there is something that happens to our brain if we do a certain level of exercise for a certain period of time. And I think there's something about controlling our own destiny, too. You know, when we talk about meds, we talk about the medical model, which is important, as you mentioned, with cancer. When you can start taking control of some of your own care, and you can see the research there that gets, so you feel like you're actually having a say or having an outcome. There's something you can do that can impact the outcome. And that's, I think there's a, there's a treatment part or there's a healing part to that, to being able to take control. Because one of the messages that I'm hearing from people who are in exercise MD because of a specific disease such as cancer is that they feel like they've lost all control. That, that they're being told, you know, you have to do this, that, and this. And, and when they can start exercising, they seem to, um, you know, react better to those treatments as well. So how do you feel that doctors, a lot of times doctors are afraid to recommend anything um, because they are afraid of the ramifications. Are you getting a lot of support from the medical community? Well, there's there's different barriers. And I think, you know, I, I, sit, with, I, mean, I sit with a doctor, I sit with a lot of them for different reasons for this program. And, and, and if a doctor's smoking and overweight, he's probably not thinking exercise MDs for any of his patients. Uh, I sat with a doctor who told me that he had probably different disease, but he had five or six diabetic patients a day, new, new diagnosis, very large practice, and that even though he knows exercise is helpful, he's never referred them for even the publicly funded exercise programs that exist in his building. And I thought to myself, that's not real good. I mean, you know, and part of it is the influence, I think, of pharma in the sense that you know, there's a pharma person visiting them every day or every other day. There aren't a lot of exercise people visiting them every day. So on top of mind is, here. you know, here's a solution. It's a medical model. You know, we will, we will help you. And, and, and there's been some great medical discoveries that have saved us in a lot of ways, and, and so we can't discount that. But I think physicians generally, I, I think, uh, aren't, aren't as proactive as they should be with this kind of thing. And, and you could argue that, you know, if we're healthier, we're not going to have as many visits, and I know that sounds like <laughs> But, but if, if we don't have a chronic condition, no one has to treat it, right? So, I mean, that that cynical part of my brain pops up. I think most. No, of the actually, things, you're right on. You're right on. That's exactly where what we're seeing now is that as we make this transformation from that reactive model, you get sick, you access health into this proactive model, prevent you from getting sick, keep you healthy so that we don't have those things occur or at least not occur as early as they do or as devastating as they would be without the um, prevention. Um, we're, we're getting the most pushback is from the physician population. So you're totally, you're totally preaching to the choir here because it, that is very true because that's, that's our reimbursement now. That's how physicians make a living is when you get sick. So the preventive piece is offsetting that, and um, that's a huge shift. Now, we're trying to transfer the financial aspect of it to where we pay for prevention. So one of my questions to you was going to be, 
Do you have payers like your insurance, even your public um, socialized medicine? Uh, do you have those uh, payers that are actually willing to to pay at least a percentage of your program for um, the people who they actually cover? Because I would think, especially your self-payer businesses out there, that they would be all over this. Well, the, the issue, of course, we have here, and you hopefully won't get into that, is that there's no incentive here to stay healthy, with the exception of we have some practices, and I personally am part of one, where my doctor gets paid every year whether I show up or not. Now, he would love me to be in, you know, healthy, because if he never sees me, he still makes the same amount of money. But the majority of our health care here is still based on the disease model. So if a person is sick, the doctor makes more, the, everyone makes more money. So there's, a, there's not a real emphasis yet on, right. you know, for example, if I'm diagnosed with depression at the age of 40, someone will probably say to me that I've really had it all my life and I'll need medication until the day I die. Whereas if instead of that, I had a prescriptive exercise program similar to what we do, and assuming it's mild to moderate depression and I'm under the care of a, of a healthcare professional who's monitoring that, I probably won't ever need that meds once I, I get into the stream of using exercise and some of the CBT and some other things. So, you know, that's not an incentive. The incentive is, you know, medication is uh, free for many people under plans, but many other programs are not. So that's coming perhaps, but we're, we're not there yet. Well, and, and in saying that, though, your payers would have the most incentive to have this prevention method. The payers, like your Blue Crosses, your Aetnas, your Humanas, and then, of course, your employers that have their own self-pay health plans, where, uh, like the company I work for, we're a, a large uh, hospital um, health care facility. We also have college and other entities, but we're self-pay. So they're responsible for the care of all of the employees. So this is something that would help prevent the onset of those chronic illnesses. They were, this is wide open. I mean, you'll, you're seeing a lot of, um, like even Blue Cross, within their own um, company, uh, facility, they're doing uh, Zumba, they're doing yoga, they're having exercise classes, some uh, facilities are doing, uh, or payers are doing gym memberships. So in saying that, why not you? Why not well, what you this, have? Because this is awesome. Yeah, what you're bringing up is important. I mean, our cost structure of full fee is $50 a month, and the assessment's free if you sign up for a year. So we're talking approximately the cost of a health club membership, and it's less with different discounts. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and the other thing you got to remember is the reason I love our program so much is that I don't like going to a gym. And I don't want to go to a health club. I mean, it gets pretty ugly when I start working out. I don't want to be around <laughs> 50 people. And I want to go. I don't want an hour. Like, I don't want to have to go there, get dressed, do it, change, shower. I want to do it, you know, when I can do it. And that's why we find uh, when I talk to people, my I'm, I'm 58. When I talk to a lot of people my age, they say the same thing. They won't go to a health club because there's pressure to take personal training. They're all fit. They're all stronger. And, you know, they're not there to meet members of the opposite or same sex. They just want to get healthy, and that's really why we created XMD. And I think it fits exactly in the models you're talking about. In Canada, the problem is a lot of things you describe are funded by the government, and obviously there's a there's a benefit for some to continue to build those government offices and and right. systems. So 
So, so that's a different system. But for your and system, that's something we're fighting in the United States. Uh, yeah. That if the government system gets too strong, then you're right. Their incentive is to keep growing. Well, what so, you may not know right. is that people, some of us in Canada here, we have policies. I have a policy that if I get a bad diagnosis, I can come to America to get fixed. And so we really don't want you to change because <laughs> I won't be able to get help wow. when I need it. Uh, yeah. And my wife and I have that kind of policy. And, and most Americans don't understand it's fairly common for a lot of us in Canada that if we have a severe diagnosis, uh, for example, cancer, that might take us, we can actually come to America or some other country to get it treated. Wow, that's awesome. Well, we need to get on to the topic of weight loss. Uh, oh, we sure, said yeah, we're weight loss. Talk <laughs> and we're, we're kind of running about five or six minutes left in the interview. So, And okay. obviously, this is a big topic. So let's, let's turn our attention. Let me, let me tell you what happened with weight loss. So I was about 50 pounds overweight when I started. And because I was exercising for brain health, I didn't care about my weight, but I lost 50 pounds. So then we started, and I still, I, I'm at my high school weight, luckily. And I like to eat. European, you know, brought up food, love, I cook, all that crazy stuff. So anyway, then, then in our clinic, we see it a lot. So we say to people, you will never weigh yourself again. You'll never worry about it. We'll put you on a program for brain health or whatever the reason is. The weight thing will happen, and in every case it does. Young children we work with, uh, the young, I worked with one young man who was on a lot of medication. We put him on Exercise MD, and he was very a big kid and they were working out at school, within nine months, he had lost like 30 pounds. And it wasn't about weight. It was strictly about brain health. We don't mention it. We don't want you to weigh yourself. And that seems to be really effective for what we do because it's consistent, you know, output of calories, right? Obviously, you have to eat healthy. You try to change. But you don't deny yourself. You just change a few things, and you exercise. We're finding that, that that's all we It's not that complex. But if you focus on brain health, if you focus on the reason why you're exercising, and even if it's for, uh, you know, to lose weight or for obesity, we focus on stress or we focus on what might be motivating some of the, uh, the, the periods of eating to excess, and we get there. So we focus a great deal on that. And, and we're also adding other, you know, the coaching part is really important, that, that for our program, it's not just going to a gym. You actually have contact and a coach to help you through and achieve your goals. You know, you really bring together the holistic view, the mind, body, and spirit. You have the body is the physical movement, the mind is your brain health, and then the spirit is that coaching aspect. So you really get it all together. I think that's awesome. Well, thank, I mean, I think the coaching is hope, right? The thing that we all need as people is hope. And I know that, you know, when I was trying to exercise for like the 10th time, uh, 20 years ago, I realized that if I, you know, I had to stick with it because I would do these things for a month or two and then stop and then do them. You need hope and you need people that understand and, and are willing to listen to where you want to go. And if you're sitting on the couch, I mean, think of it. Our beta test group were people who were on the couch, got injured, now had chronic pain. So our goal was to get them to be active and exercise with XMD and we were successful. So a lot of the people we see, for example, with a cancer diagnosis are so motivated are so, um, you know, wanting to take this on. And, and now that we've got, you know, permission, in other words, the physicians have said, you know, exercising while you're undergoing treatment isn't going to, is safe. And, and a number of groups have come up with that. I think there's a lot of opportunities to use this to fight cancer. And again, to fight many other diseases, because often we forget about uh, type 2 diabetes. You know, and which is a, a terrible problem. Um, actually, my mother got it later in life, and she wasn't 
terribly overweight, but, you know, it was the sedate factor. And, you know, exercise is so key. And, again, you know, this is just a, a perfect opportunity because, just like you were saying earlier, I, I don't prefer to go uh, necessarily to a gym atmosphere either. Well, if we all had to get in our car and go to a place to brush our teeth, most of us wouldn't <laughs> do it every day. And that's my analysis. Or twice I hate, a day. <laughs> oh, dental phobia. I, I hate going to the dentist. That's what motivates me to brush. But that's what, kind of what we put behind XMG. Do it privately. Do it safely. And do it with a coach who really wants the, what you want. He's on, it's not about you know the beach thing or selling more memberships. We want you to do this, and we want you to be successful. And you will be successful because we define health that way. It's not how much weight you lose, it's how healthy you are, how you do and comply and do your exercise program. And that's Well, isn't, I think that's all, that's what we focus in the health system. It's not about how we define health, it's about the person who's actually accessing the system. So I love that. Well, it's, it just makes sense, right? If you want to help people, you have to listen to where they're at. And eventually you go from five minutes, and now we know if you can do 10 minutes of exercise at a certain level, and then you can take a break for hours, do another 10, then do If you get up to 30 minutes added up a day, that's just as good. So that gives us a lot more opportunities. So we might start with five minutes, five and five throughout the day. And it's amazing what you can do. The heart rate monitor is really important, though, because you have to be specific to why you're exercising, and then it gets to be a lot of fun. So, Jody, we have fun. a psychologist who is saving lives. <laughs> Absolutely. I love you're it. You're so kind. You're just trying. And he's not a physiologist. No, he's a psychologist. <laughs> I had to throw that one in there. Okay. Well, listen, uh, we have to close this up, and uh, I certainly want to make sure that we give plenty of attention to the websites. And the main one, of course, is Exercise MD. I thought it was .ca. It's also yeah, works, .com, yeah. which is excellent. They both and, work, yeah. and if you will enter S. OS1, you will get a discount off of your membership and uh, certainly wonderful. Please go to the website and check it out. Please start today. And I, I mean that sincerely. Uh, and I, the other thing I love about this, Dr. Sack, that I, I want to mention before we, and I'm, then I'm, I'm going to give your other two websites, is the fact that I like the fact that you're not tied to a scale, that you're not, that this is not uh, a mental, you're setting people up to succeed and i love that so with their definition the of success with their exactly. definition i love that exactly uh the other websites are uh www.theadhdfix.com and and as we mentioned earlier we'd love to have you back dr Sack, to talk about uh adhd on this program because it is such a critical need in in the u.s and other parts of the world too uh and there was one more uh there www.drsvec.com, drsvec.com. And again, Exercise MD. Thank you so much, Dr. Henry Sveck, for thank being you. our guest today. Yeah, and as, as always, Dr. Melissa Stewart. And this is Joni Aldrich, J O N I A L D R I C H.com. You can also hear past uh, uh, shows of The Literate Patient on iHeart Talk Radio. That 
that is free to listen as it is here at W4CS and W4WN. I hope to have you join us again next week as we're going to have another week of wonderful shows, 2 p.m. Eastern Time every single day. Have a great weekend.